New Year's resolutions. their resolutions. And our text is from the Gospel of Luke there, and it's a really interesting passage. And uh, the context is a little bizarre. So we have the Old Testament reading. And the Old Testament reading, it says in Exodus, they are to, the Israelites are to, redeem their firstborn. In fact, it says you redeem the firstborn of everybody. Every animal you got, firstborn, redeem it. And then your firstborn child, redeem it. Like, how do you redeem the kid you already got? So what they would do was when a child reached a certain age, they would go to the temple. And they would offer a sacrifice on behalf of this firstborn. It's a, it's a memory back to Exodus. It's a back to Exodus when God saved the people of Israel by killing the firstborn of all in Egypt. And God said, so the angel of death would pass over your homes, take a lamb, a pure, white, unblemished lamb, and kill it. And take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorposts of your house. And when you do that, the angel of death will pass over your homes and afflict the homes of the Egyptians. And so the firstborn in those households were redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And God told the Israelites, continue this memory, continue this tradition, this rite. And when you have a firstborn child, redeem it. And so the families were to go to the temple, and they were to offer a sacrifice on behalf of their firstborn child. It was to look back at the Passover. But it was also a look forward at the day that one day when a firstborn would do the opposite. See, on, on this day, Mary and Joseph are redeeming Jesus. But one day, he will redeem all of them. So that the custom, the sacrifice, is looking back at what God has done to save his people. And it's pointing towards of what God is doing in Jesus to save his people forever. It's a good thing. And while they're there doing this sacrifice, they come across two people, uh, two great people. One of them is named Simeon. And the context hints that Simeon is, is advanced in years. But it doesn't say how old. But he, we, we think he's up there. What we do know is he's younger than Anna, who's 84. And uh, he's not quite that old, but he's up there. And Simeon gets uh, an interesting prophecy from God. God says to Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah, the promised one. It's Messiah in Hebrew, it's Christ in Greek. But it means the same one, the same thing, the anointed one. The one that's been promised in the Old Testament ever since Genesis chapter 3. The one where multiple Dozens of prophecies speak of this Messiah, this Christ. The one the Jews have been waiting centuries for. God tells Simeon, you're not going to die until you see this person. It's a bit of a mixed blessing, isn't it? And imagine, God tells you, you will not die until Peyton Manning wins a Super Bowl for the Broncos. 
he'd be like, yes! Oh, I'm not sure how hard I'm cheering for this now. I'm not, I'm not quite certain. I mean, it would be great, right? Some of you would be like, you know what, God? I'm good. They don't have to win. I'm, I'm good. How many of you are Cubs fans? Yeah. Imagine God telling you, you will not die until the Cubbies win the World Series. I bet most of you would be like, yeah, I'll take that. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds like a good transaction there. Cubs win. A week later, I pass away. I'm good. I'm good. As long as I can go to the victory parade and ride the float. I'm good, right? That's the promise God gives to Simeon. You will see the Lord's Messiah. You will see the Christ, the promised one. And then after you do, you're coming home. Odd, isn't it? What would make someone yearn for that day? What would make someone yearn for the day they're going to meet their Messiah and their Maker? Simeon keeps his resolution and he resolves to love God and to anxiously await God's plan of salvation no matter what it means for him. Anna's a little bit different. Anna is old. She's 84. Some of you are mad now. You're like, hey, that's not so old. Hey, come on, really. Seriously. In that day and age, 84 was, was ancient. I mean, the, the life expectancy for people in that time and day was not very long at all. It wasn't all that long in our, in our own country, where, uh, if you may recall, Social Security was set for age 65. Why? Most people didn't make age 65. Anna's 84. And in that day and age, that's about 104 for us. She's up there. And she spends all of her time at the temple. It says in the scripture, she's there day and night. Uh, she may have even lived there. It's possible. The temple complex was quite large. And there would have been rooms available. And they, it's easy to imagine the rabbis and the priests saying, you know what, just, just live here. We'll take care of you. Just stay here with us. And she's waiting. She loves God so much. She exemplifies Psalm 122 uh, when they said, I was glad and they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And this is Anna. She resolves to love God and to be in his presence. And in Jewish theology, um, God is creator, uh, which means God is, is everywhere. You don't have to be in a certain place to, to worship God. But for the Jews in that day and age, God was especially present at the temple. If you wanted to be in God's presence, you, know, you could be anywhere, but you really wanted to be at the temple. Because that where God promised to be, where his promise was premise, presence was promised to be located. And we have the same thing in the Lord's Supper today. And God is, is everywhere. God is creator of all things, and God is everywhere. You can worship God anywhere. But God especially promises his presence uh, in the Lord's Supper. As Luther famously said, in, with, and under uh, the simple bread and simple wine. And we say, Lord God, you are here because you've promised. Jesus gives the same promise uh, to the church. And he says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, 
there I am as well. So God is, is everywhere. But he's especially present as we gather for worship. And Anna resolves to love God and to be in his presence. So what are your resolutions? What are your goals? What is 2016 going to look like for you? What will it look like physically? Emotionally? Work-wise? Family-wise? What will it look like spiritually? Well, maybe it'll look something like this. This year will be different. This year will be different. This year will be different. This year, I need to eat less. You know what? I do solemnly swear that this year I will lose 10 pounds. Or at least five. Five is the magic number. That's how many times I want to visit my grandmother this year. Which would be five more than last year. Learn to wait. I always want things instantly. I need patience. Now! This year, I'll be nicer to my parents. What, Mom? Get off my back. I just need a peace in my life. I'm just so nervous all the time. I just, I'm twitching. Three kids, I'm twitching. I'm twitching. I twitch. I just can't seem to get my pits to stop sweating. Can you, can you see this? Look. When did I become the human leak? I mean, I know I've got some stress about my future and everything, but why can't I just be like everyone else and conceal it? Okay, I'll just have to fake it till I make it. And I'll... Be better than I've ever been in my entire life. If I'm going to make this year count, I have to do some things differently. It's too big time. Make some goals this year. Just three, not ten. Stop judging people who aren't like me. Stop snapping at my kids. Dream! Character over image. Learn that I'm loved, but not entitled. God, if you forget about me, I'm here. Just show me what to do. Give me the strength to change. I I don't even know if I want to change, God. I'm comfortable. I'm good life. I know you want the best for me. So why don't I want the best for me? Starting tomorrow, using my gifts and talents, I'm going to live my life differently. God's way. I'm tired of keeping this great gift. A secret. Can I tell you a secret? I feel like I'm separated from something. It sounds weird, doesn't it? But whatever I need, it's bigger than this world can offer. I offer my life, God. It's something much more than what I can see. So please, God, would you just take this little bit of faith that I have? I just can't wait another year. Maybe your resolutions for 2016 look a little bit like this. And that'd be great. Be great. It's great to take a new step and say, Lord God, I, I offer you my life in 2016. Lord God, I'll live differently for you. Uh, and you are 
truly Lord and Savior. And sometimes I live my life as if you're just my Savior, Lord, but not you're just my Savior, but not my Lord. Lord God, you're my Lord and my Savior. Those would be great resolutions. But I've learned something about resolutions. They're really hard to keep. Like, they're really hard to keep. Like, I've broken more than I care to admit. They're really hard. And not only that, they're even harder to make for somebody else. I had a next-door neighbor, and her resolution one year was that her niece would stop smoking. I'm like, really, that's your New Year's resolution. Yep, my year's, I'm going to get my niece to stop smoking. I'm like, you know what? Good luck with that. <laughs> Does she want to stop smoking? Because I think that's going to be the real difference maker there. So this is my resolution for you. Those, those are great. They're fantastic. But what I really want, my prayer for all of you, is that in 2016, you would know God's love for you. In 2016, you would know even more, more deeply, more thoroughly, the incredible love that Jesus has for each and every one of you. Because that's all the difference. It makes all the difference. I grew up in the Lutheran church. And uh, ever since I was in first grade, I, I went to Lutheran uh, elementary school. And we began each morning, we would have the Pledge of Allegiance, like this, and then we, had, we would have a pledge to the, to the cross. Some, for some reason, we did it like this. I don't know if like, this was different. I, I don't know why we did it like this, but that's how we did it, right? And we had very first class every day was, was theology class in first grade. So I went through that through first through twelfth grade. And uh, I knew the Bible really well. If we had uh, Bible trivia, I would win. I would win every time. And I became a follower of Jesus because it was the right thing to do. I even went through a phase in, in high school where I began to, to doubt whether Jesus was, was the only way uh, to salvation. And so uh, I had a great teacher, Mr. Grice, and I was talking to him about it. And he said, well, why don't you do some research? I said, Okay. Well, where should I start? He goes, why don't you start with this book? He gave me C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. He goes, read this. See what you think. And uh, it was, it was life-changing. It was huge. But again, it was more of the same pattern. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior because he's the truth. He's the true way. And I will follow him. And that's good. It's a good place to start. And then something wonderful happened uh, as I got older. I became aware that I was a sinner. Different things happened in my life. And I wish I could tell you I was, was a drug addict, you know, and I was in prison, you know, some dramatic conversion story, right? It's not like that, all right? But I just became aware that, wow, I really am selfish. Wow, I really am self-centered. I always thought I was, you know, just okay. But when you get older, especially when you get married and you're doing life with someone else, and you start going, wow, I need to change. I need to change. 
And that was good. <coughs> because before I knew Jesus was the way and the truth. And then after that, I knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, and I needed him for my life. And for some of you, you came to follow Jesus because of an experience. You experienced something. And you're like, oh, this was great. But what's next? And for you, I would recommend C.S. Lewis' Mere Christianity. Because <laughs> some of you need more of that, that truth of God in your life. You're like, wow, I, I love Jesus. I'm just not sure why. I'm still growing in that part of it. And so I would encourage you, in 2016 to grow on that side of it. Some of you were more like me. You're like, I'm following Jesus because, well, I know it's the right thing to do, and, and Jesus is, is the truth, and, and it's good, and it's, it's all great. And for you, my prayer is this, that, that God would, would, would break you so that you might know your need not just for a Lord, but also for a Savior. that your love for Jesus would grow and that you would know more and more every day that you are loved that you are secure in the grace of God that you would know his care and compassion for you uh, has no bounds and that you may not know what tomorrow may bring but you know what, what the last chapter is and because of Jesus, it's, it's good. And you have no reason to fear. And you can know God's peace. And for others of you, you're like, well, I, I, I know that. Thank you very much. I'm just not sure why I know that. And for you, I, I would pray that you would just grow it in, God, in the truth of God's presence. The truth of Jesus's uh, birth, death, and resurrection for you, that you would uh, grow uh, just deeper in that foundation of God's love for you and his truth in your life, and so that you would not only have the experience of God's love for you, but you'd be out in the workplace, in your home, and, and people would say, gosh, really? Jesus? Why? And you'd be able to tell them why. And Second uh, Peter, it says this, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 2016 is going to be a phenomenal year. It's going to be a great year. I know this for a fact. You know why I know this? Because Jesus Christ is God and Lord. And he's Savior. And he's for you. And because of that, 2016 is going to be a great year. It's going to be a joy-filled year. It's going to be a growing year. It's going to be a phenomenal year. I hope it's a fun year, too. That'd be nice as well. That's a bonus. But it's going to be a great year. Because Jesus Christ, born, has died, and risen, for you. And that's my prayer. At the risk of making a resolution for all of you. <laughs> that's my prayer. Make some commitments and things like that. Great. But what I really pray is this. That you would know the truth. 
and a love of Jesus for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are the way and the truth. And thank you that you are life. That because you you live and reign, Lord God, that we have your grace in us, your power in us. And Lord, may we live there. Lord, may we not live in the fear of the moment and the uncertainty of tomorrow and the regret of the past. But Lord, may we live in the truth and the truth of what you've done. And Lord, may we live in the hope and security of your love for us. Lord God, this is our prayer for 2016. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Stand and sing 10,000 Reasons. Amen.